This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 727 back 888727 BECK December first already. Can you believe it? Um, yeah, well, December the calendar 1st. predicts that every year that there's 24-hour cycles. Yeah, but um, they came. It came really fast. Oh, okay. It sure did. Time is really moving fast. fast. <laughs> moving faster than I, it used to. That's true. It's I heard that. Fast. You know, yeah. I heard that actually on a national radio show. Yeah, so it's got to yeah. be true. So it's got to be true. It was on a national radio show and the internet and television. The internet? Yeah. Oh wow. That's so you know it's true. true. Yeah. So. That's yeah, like, December 1st happened way before it usually happens. <laughs> way before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. No, it is actually weird because uh, here we are. I mean, we, I we only have, uh, you know, and people might notice that we occasionally will take a vacation day here or there. You're not gonna, I mean, it's very rare. Uh, but oh, we, it's incredibly we rare. We have like three weeks and then we're on vacation again at the end of the year. So, yeah, we enjoy this time that we have together because it's short. Well, I would say not three full weeks. But, you know, about two and a half. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's today? I, I've, I've lost track already. It's Tuesday. December 1st. Uh, but it's December Tuesday, 1st. right? So yeah. we get the rest of this week so fast, more weeks. forgot what, you don't even know where you're at. It's moving oh so fast. Gosh, you're right, right. Jeffy. Man. You're, you're, man, you're oh, so man. Right. Some of us As only you, have a week. Oh, yeah, Jeffy's going in for some uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, it's surgery. <laughs> it, uh, it will remove an ailment. That he's acquired over the years, I will say that. One of them. Uh, I will say that, uh, I'm not going to say it was a contagious uh, thing that was passed (laughs) through certain activities, but it's something like Inflammation. It's, there's some inflammation there involved, I will say that, yes. Uh, Yeah, you're going to be, so what what happened to you again? I don't know, what are you faking to get out of work? I was in a bar bar fight, and and I was protecting somebody and hurt my shoulder. <laughs> you can't even keep your lies going with a straight face. Uh, this is a, an old. No, uh, no, this is not an old one. This is injury. where uh, I uh, fell. <laughs> like an old man in a life alert commercial. I'm falling and I can't get up. <laughs> that is really where you are. We're oh sending help, God. Mr. Fisher. We're sending help. You know, concrete in your driveway really hurts. Yeah. Yeah, we, really we're hurt. in the south. Like, what, you, what did you, you just... It really hurts. So you have a torn rotator cuff or yeah, something? Yeah, there's like three or four things wrong. They're going to go in, and I have to be in a 
oh. a sling for <laughs> at least four to six weeks. Let's, wow. Let's be clear. There are a lot more than three or four things wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know what they're fixing, but they might be they might be cleaning up three or four things. Yeah. Right. But there's yeah. thirty. There's going to be dozens of things left. Yeah. Oh, there's no question yeah. about that. So, uh, but this is a painful. Yeah, it is. I can't process. Uh, we we know two people that have gone through it recently, and uh, I, at least I do. And and uh, a friend of church, and then Keith Melanac, our phone dork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he went through it, and he was just a mess. Of course, yeah. he's always a he's mess. He's always a mess, yeah. He was messier yeah. during that time. Now, and how exactly does it affect uh, your speech? What do you the mean? The shoulder surgery. Like, how does it, you know, given that you don't, I don't know, lift things <laughs> for a living, how does it affect? Because you're well, taking affects, know, several weeks off. Well, you've got to take two weeks for sure. That's what the doc said. Does the doc know that you're not working the line? Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you stand there behind. I can't it. look. At, look, at, you can't do this. You can't do this with a sling on for two. People weeks. don't can't. want you on camera. You can't. Okay, well, that's not a desire of theirs. We could. You could. You, we could put you in like a bed over there and just bring a microphone down, and you could just speak. Oh, that'd be. If you were dedicated right uh, to the program, you know. That could easily yeah, be. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's not going to happen. Wait, how many weeks are you taking off, would you say? Two. Yeah, well, and, then, no, and yeah, then hours. But you've timed right? it so that it, the two weeks happen right before we go on vacation. I actually timed it so it would be an extra week, but the doctor backed me off another week because I would have been off this week, too. <laughs> and the doc backed me. He, he canceled this week. I was actually planning for the entire month of December, but... There's something shady going on here. Oh, you know there is. It's never as it appears with him. And uh, we'll Uh, we'll try to get to the bottom of it this week. So uh, the Global Warming Summit, producing 300,000 tons of CO2 uh, because 50,000 people traveled, you know, mostly via private jet to Paris from across the world for the two-week conference. Uh, the climate change summit in Paris, tackling global warming, is uh, itself pumping up 300,000 tons of carbon dioxide. Jeez, that's just, that is phenomenal. And I, I just lost it last night, and so I posted something on Facebook because oh, no. I saw them dining at this uh, three-star Michelin-rated um, restaurant in Paris, L'Ambrosie or something. And, you know, it's like a $300 to $1,000 a plate, and it is absolutely swanky. And nobody gets, like, if you get one star from Michelin, you are, like, one of the best in the world. No, it's not the tire people. No. Totally if, different organization? I believe it is. Okay. But I've always I don't, been confused on that. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> it would be uh, weird if they're like... I just know that they're, it is the most respected. It is the most sought-after award you can get as a star from right. Michelin. As a normal person who eats at normal establishments, yeah. you may very well not know the, 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 the rating systems of these. I was fascinated to know that the New York Times, like, they do these food reviews, and I, I learned this when we worked in New York, in that, like... Two stars is like amazing. Yes, like one like, star is amazing. Right, like just getting on the like, and they—I don't think they've ever given like a four-star review to any restaurant. No, three like, is as high as it goes. 
If that's for Michelin? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the New York Times might have a four, but they never have given it out, or they've only given it oh, out, okay. like, once. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what kind of system is that? I, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Look, I'm giving, know. you know what I'm giving uh, four stars to? Applebee's. Okay? <laughs> that's my, <laughs> like, I'm, you know what? Uh, Applebee's four stars. It was really good. I IHOP, oh, it's 12. Oh, yeah. 12 hey, that's stars 12, for IHOP. 12 stars, whatever they want. They, whatever, <laughs> you send some free food and you can have as many stars as you want on the, on the stool. Taco <laughs> Bell yeah, it's is like oh, a 15 God. star restaurant oh, for man. us. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so they Chick got Chick-fil-A, so man. Three off the charts. <laughs> three stars on Michelin yeah. is like... Is like huge. Well, one star is you're great. Two stars is your best in the world. Three stars is like your best of all time. And this is a three-star Michelin restaurant. How many three stars are there, do you know? Because I know... I don't. Not very many. Yeah, there's not like... Not very many in the world. Right. They'll pick like 10 restaurants in the world that right. get this rating. And this is where Obama gets in, to go eat. In Texas, I don't think we have any. In Texas, with Dallas, a city of 7 million, with Houston, another city of 7 million, with 15,000 restaurants, we, I don't think we have a single one. Uh, I'll, I'll have to check on that to be sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true. And so, so Paris has this one, and that's where Obama wanted to go. And Hollande made it, French President Hollande made it sound like, well, that's really heroic because it's kind of by where the terror strikes happen. The guy knows the police and the Secret Service have it so locked down. Right. You know, you're not getting a gerbil mm. pass security anywhere near two miles of the guy. Yeah. And no. so he just wanted to eat at this elitist place because that's what he thinks he deserves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's what he thinks he deserves. You know, and here they are. The the people like Alon, who is virtually a communist, uh, Obama, who is a communist... And, and <laughs> so Olaf is virtually. <laughs> yeah. And Obama yeah. is. Yeah, he gets okay. the, my three-star communist rating. There's <laughs> only a few in the world that get it. <laughs> Very few. Uh, but yeah. here you've got these guys who continually bitch about income inequality. And then they show the world. They're like in your face, mm -hmm. smiling at each other at this unbelievably elite, beautiful restaurant where only the most elite in the world can go. And they have, I mean, the hypocrisy is just unbelievable. I, I can't, I can't take it anymore. No. I, don't, I don't, I mean, I don't expect them to eat at McDonald's or Burger King in uh, Paris. Uh, you know, they're not going to. But if they are so concerned about climate change, are you expending 300,000 tons of carbon dioxide to get everybody there? If you believe we're on a catastrophic course here. Are, are you going to be eating meat all the time, which you know is the world's biggest problem, according to you, mm -hmm. uh, for climate change? Yeah. No. That's what the UN yeah. says. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's really it's inexplicable if they actually care they, about the issue. I think we all know. raw vegan meals by candlelight at their own house. Yeah. I think we all know they just don't care about the issue. It's got right. nothing to do with it. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny because, like, a, a, an unbelievable meal like that, to President Obama is what he believes he deserves. Yes. However, the real reason to do things like this is people, the leaders in these other countries, the delegates from these other countries, aren't eating like this all the time. Um, even, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people in the government aren't eating at five-star or three-star in this, this particular case restaurants all the time. This actually helps win them over to these plans. You, you wine and dine these people, 
and they're not used to it. They live in the third world, many of them. Uh, you know, they live in, in areas where they don't have access to ridiculous food all the time. And yeah. So they are able to help schmooze them into whatever plan Barack Obama wants, even if it's, hey, your country that is short of uh, civilization and could use the cheapest fuel possible, well, we're not going to give you access to it. You can't pull the coal out of your own ground uh, because we think you need solar panels. So we're going we're gonna to bring you along. Hey, why don't you go along with this? And they bring them to these nice restaurants, and they wine and dine these people for two weeks. Yeah. A two-week climate summit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's ridiculous. At one of the world's most expensive cities. Mm-hmm. And they go to the most expensive places in yeah. the world's most expensive you're, city. You're telling me these people are... Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. They, they want to go to Paris for two weeks. You bet. They've never been to they Paris. They don't give a rat's ass right. about the world's no. poor. They, they couldn't care less that 85% of the world's population are starving. They don't, they don't care. And, and they just it's an in-your-face to all of those who can barely afford their next meal and in some cases just can't. Uh, but uh, these these are the biggest hypocrites and mm-hmm. liars I think the world has ever known. Yeah, uh, I mean, Adolf Hitler didn't make as many bones about who he was as these people do. They're not killing the kind of people, you know, the the numbers of people that Hitler was. But they're bigger liars, I think. I I, I mean, well, Hitler. I mean, Hitler wrote. Everything he was going to do in a he book. Was do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, for all of his Mind problems, uh, he was pretty clear <laughs> about pretty his direction clear. <laughs> in his life. <laughs> pretty clear. Um, you know, I mean, certainly he made, he did lie quite a bit as well. But yes. uh, you know, but. he's he, uh, the problem was what he was telling the truth about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the terrible things I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you up front, and somehow kind of it got ignored. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying in that you know, um, uh, there's a a level of dishonesty here. And, you know, they, to be berated with the climate is our big concern when mm-hmm. we're, having, we're having people being beheaded on the beach. We have uh, people being executed in restaurants and at rock shows right, right. down the street from where these guys are dining um, and, and enjoying themselves. It really is despicable. It, I, it, it really is. is. I mean, you're, you're talking about a problem that they can't solve. They cannot do it. Even if they, all, all this stuff was implemented, they cannot solve this problem. No way. We've been over it a million times. You could do, even if you were to turn off the entire uh, uh, transportation sector of the United States, the world's number one economy, you'd still be looking at cutting uh, global emissions by 4%. 4%. That's, if, you, if you took every vehicle mm. off the road immediately, 4%. Now, China is growing uh, their emissions at a rate that would replace that uh, along with the rest of the world within just a few years. Mm-hmm. If we shut, you said that you had the stat on the yeah, UK. Yeah, you turn off, turn off um, the UK completely. Yeah, shut it down. Yep, shut and off. And that includes all their more power. than just uh, transportation. That's, right, that's, that's turning everything. Off the houses, nothing's going on at all. And how long was it? Two Three, years. Two years. China <laughs> replaces all of their emissions in two years. This is all futile. It's, it's <laughs> it ridiculous, is. and it uh, you know, uh, it's just an excuse to a redistribute wealth. Yeah. You take money from rich com- countries, give it to poor countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, you have, it's a level of control over people. You're able to, uh, I mean, when you control the energy someone uses, you control everything about no it. No doubt about it. Because it's the most important, it's the biggest separation point from us in the Stone Ages and us today is burning fossil fuels for energy. Mm-hmm. You start controlling that process, man, uh, you got control over everything. And then, of course, the, the third wonderful uh, two weeks in Paris, where, like, you know, for Barack Obama, look, he, he wines and dines himself like this all the time. But not everybody does. 
You know, the guy from Malaysia doesn't get this treatment every day. <laughs> right. You know, the guy from the Central African Republic that shows up is just happy to get take a flight outside of his country. You know, and he goes to Paris for two weeks. And, well, they're going to do whatever the hell he wants. They don't care as long as they get to go back to Paris in a few. If, if, you know, next time it'll be Brussels or something. Yeah. And they'll have some other nice conference. They get to go and act like they're you know saving the earth, and you know. They get this wonderful treatment, and it, everyone goes along with it. It's never like Fargo, North Dakota. No. Never. It's always something no. exotic and beautiful. It's Paris, or it's Bali, or it's, you know, some incredible location where they're at some private resort. They and they would have airports at Fargo. I mean, that, yeah, those people couldn't show up there. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, actually, you can't could. even get to Fargo. Actually, no, you, I think can. you can. Oh, yeah. There's no roads yeah. to go no, there. No, there's some roads, and there's some landing strips, and mm. you actually could. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's any intention of going to Fargo. That'd be great, though. Our next climate change conference, uh, (laughs) our last chance to save the world, happens in Fargo. We're going to the coldest place we can think of, (laughs) (laughs) and we're gonna we're gonna eat at D's hamburger joint. Mm-hmm. Of course, nobody would know that except uh, if you live in Utah. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Sponsor this is, of course, my Patriot Supply. They are helping mm-hmm. us out and uh, paying for this wonderful program, and I'm sure they're really proud uh, to be a part of today. Oh man, yeah, this um, is Pat and Stu three star rated by Patriot Supply. <laughs> yes, that is. Yes, uh, it is. Now, I, look, this is an interesting solution. Instead of going to a three star restaurant where you're spending all this money, my Patriot Have Supply. Have a packet of that. I'm going to speak for them. They will send you a bag of chocolate pudding. Uh, they will send you a bag of country uh, cottage mac and cheese. You're going to save a lot of money. I don't You're know who s- the chef was, if he's a three-star guy, but it was, it's good. Probably. All I know is it I tastes freaking good. good. Okay, it It's good-tasting food, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to save you a lot of money. Fact, yeah. you know what? You don't even have to pay for the shipping. They're going to pay for it for free. And what's funny is I, I used to always be told by people, because we've been big uh, you know, uh, food preparation people for a long time, and uh, it, we always had the cracked wheat and the barley and the beans, and you buy these huge canisters of it, you put it in your garage, and you save it for a while. And then it's like, what are we going to do with this? With Well, you'll eat anything if you have to. Well, this precludes that whole theory. Yeah, it's right. not like, ah, oh, you'll eat anything. You'll jam that cracked wheat right into your mouth without even grinding it up and turning it into bread. This is delicious. Add water, and you've got yourself a delicious meal. 888-893-7953. Call right now. 888-893-7953. for a two-week supply. Yeah. My Patriots. By the way, awesome. two-week climate uh, conference is going on. So right. this would be $50. You could feed a delegate oh, for, for two, weeks two weeks in Paris. <laughs> for 50 bucks. Now, the, the glass of water they got at that Cost restaurant that. is oh $50. My God. Easily. Look at this. Easily. This is saving money for countries around the world, and you can apply that to all the climate crap you want. Yeah. 888-893-7953. 888-893-7953. It's My Patriot Supply. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, yesterday, Hillary had a uh, little get together, kind of a pep rally uh, among girls, and it was just uh, 
Hillary and 13 out of the 14 women in the Senate. Hmm. 13 out of 14, that's an yeah. interesting uh, statistic it there, is. Pat. Well, almost everybody. I mean, it begs the question, what person did Which not one? show up? What person had a reason mm -hmm. to not attend hmm. uh, this little so uh, Barbara Mikulski? Maybe? It was not Barbara Mikulski. No. Huh. Is she still in the Senate, <laughs> yeah, by the way? I think so. She's still there. Yeah, I think so. She's yeah. retiring, right? She's still since, there. Uh, since about 1839. You want to talk about some, some good looking pantsuits? Oh, oh, wow. And a good looking women. Oh, oh, oh come on. Sometimes I mean, I'm like, is that hot. Mikulski or Kate Upton? I can't, I cannot <laughs> right? decipher. I mean, <laughs> Mikulski sadly makes Hillary look really good. Uh, <laughs> I yes. totally agree on that one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the missing person was Elizabeth Warren. Oh, interesting. Maybe it's time it's to fire up the grill for some I, underwear you know, and, and gym socks. I had been pretty relaxed on this issue because <laughs> she's pretty well stated she's not going to, and she has no intention of, and she doesn't want it, and all that stuff. But then when 14 women are supposed to show up at this thing and only 13 do, and she's the missing element, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think she stuff, is. Though. It's just, she's done. I mean, like, she's won this already. This is over in the Democratic side, I think, yeah. to me. Hillary? Hillary is is. It seems over. to be over, yeah. Um, so, seems I mean, to be over. Maybe she's holding out for the, like, I, she's probably tight with Bernie and, um, you know, doesn't want to, you know. <laughs> well, they're uh, both socialists, so. Right, they are both socialists. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a possibility she's thinking, maybe. you know, hey, if this thing falls it apart. It will look like an endorsement if I go to this. Maybe she was thinking that. I, I don't know. It, well, it kind of is an endorsement if you go to this, right? I, I mean, guess so, yeah. Uh, what, was the, uh, what was the wording of the actual gathering? Yeah. Warren is one of the few who, who is yet to endorse, uh, and her spokesman did not respond to questions about why the senator was not there. Barbara Mikulski said, I'm not sure why she wasn't here. Maybe she has a cold. <laughs> so it was because of an endorsement. Yeah, it yeah they were it, pissed at it. It obviously was. Yeah, so, she has a cold. It's I mean, I, I, you know, the Democrats have have the opposite thing going on, which is, you know, they don't have a primary, basically. I mean, right. Bernie Sanders is still pretty close in the first couple of states, but the, but the chances of him way winning, behind nationally. Yeah, he, he's he's lost whatever momentum he he had it's at big one time. point. Yeah, um, and so at this point, the Democrats are like, look, we know it's going to be Hillary. Everyone line up so we can make this super easy for her so we don't have to spend mm -hmm. any resources. We can spend them trying to defeat Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or whoever else comes out of the Republicans while the Republicans are dealing with their crazy primary and there's 470 people mm -hmm. um, in it. So uh, th they don't like the holdouts at this point. I mean, look at the, uh, the endorsements. Do I still have this up? There's, a, there's a, the endorsement primary they're keeping track of. Um, who, how, who has the most endorsement points? Mm -hmm. And it's like, for the Republicans, I think Jeb Bush still leads because he's got a couple governors. And you get, you know, the way this is formatted is, like, you get more points for governors. So he's got, like, I don't know, 25 points, say. And, you know, second place is Rubio with, like, 20 points. And then Ted Cruz has, like, 10 points. And, uh, you know, and they kind of go like this. Um, so if you were to get all of the endorsements, you'd have a lot more than that. Um, Hillary has, like, 400 Wow. I mean, she's so far out ahead of the rest of the field and endorsements. People are lining up. And while it makes no difference at all what Tom Congressman says uh, about who he wants to vote for president as far as influencing voters, what it does is it gets all of the mechanisms of uh, the insiders going in that. Mm -hmm. When you have everyone lining up behind one person, 
everything internally behind the scenes is pushing that direction and it just makes it happen over time. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, endorsements don't do anything but that. Yep. Because I, I don't care wh what no. anybody, who anybody endorses. I don't I, care at all. I can't think of a single person that would sway my vote. You know, if they said, well, I am, I'm for... I'm, I'm for Marco Rubio, so you should be too. It wouldn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't for me either. To a be governor, a senator, it doesn't matter. No. I mean, the, care, the one I'd care about probably most would be someone like Ted Cruz. But I'll give you an example. Yeah. You know, Mike Lee uh, co-wrote uh, Marco Rubio's tax policy, and I really like Mike, Mike Lee. I do too. But it's not my favorite tax policy at all. No, uh, it's not nearly as good as Ted Cruz's or Rand uh, Paul's. No, it's not. Um, and so, you know, he obviously endorsed that. He co-wrote it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Mike Lee's fantastic. I mean, he's one of the best senators there are there is. But still, I would not be uh, influenced by that. You make your own decisions. That being said, money gets redirected when there's no fight among the insiders. All of the party apparatus pushes in one direction and it's all the things that we don't see it's not you know it's it's money through committees and it's uh it's appearances it's high profile speaking engagements it's all those things are given to the person who wins this is why people like john mccain get nominations it's not because people are so passionate about john mccain but all the time when the other people are fighting uh for votes McCain is able to massage that inside sort of party apparatus, and what happens? He winds up with a nomination. Um, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Yeah. If McCain wins the nomination, I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it would be too. Right, because he doesn't. Uh, he's not even running. Right. So uh, that would be. First of all, it'd be unusual. Um, it would be highly unusual, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, you know, I, do I want to see Jeb Bush win this nomination? No. no. I mean, Jeb Bush, by the way, you turn on Fox News, the guy is running a commercial every 10 seconds. I mean, every 10 seconds, this super PAC is just burning through that nine-figure uh, amount it, it gathered early on. And I don't know if it's doing anything. But, like, you know, yesterday I was watching, it was, I think it was Fox Business. And they're like, uh, you know, uh, we, we just can't... Uh, can't believe this, you know, it's, uh, you know, the ISIS, they're not calling ISIS by its name. It was one of those type of segments where you're just saying, like, oh, they won't even say it's Islamic. We talked to this expert. He said it is Islamic. It's unbelievable. Back in a second. And then to Jeb Bush's commercial. I will call ISIS by its name as Islamic terrorists. It was like, it was really? as if he was a guest answering the question <laughs> with the commercial. Wow. Um, yet still, I mean, it's making no dent. No. Right? No I mean, dead. Isn't he around 4 or 5% right now? Yeah, 5%, I think. He's not doing well. No. And he's got all the apparatus. He's got all the money behind him. He's got the Bush name, mm -hmm. which may be more of a hindrance than anything else. In the general, actually, certainly it is. Point. Um, yeah. You know, but you would think with inside party people, it would not be a, a hindrance. Yeah. 888 back. More patents, too, is on the way. Let's go back to this fake injury a little bit that you're dealing with here, Jeffy. Uh, I mean, we don't want you here, per se, so you don't have to fake things to get out of work. Like, you could, you could just go, not show just, up. Just don't come. We're not going to say anything. <laughs> take more than the two weeks. Why don't you take a couple of months? I mean, oh, it's not going to take that A year? No, Maybe I mean, a let, it, let it take Make a Make sure time. you're really, really
Scott and Stu, uh, no Christians have been uh, admitted to the United States of America yet. But wait. When you say. No, now, I mean, 132 Syrian refugees have been admitted. So I, I guess I got that. Well, okay, all of them are Sunni Muslims. Uh, and there are z- zero Christians, not, not one. Uh, you know, I was, I was kind of interested because uh, Donald Trump's spokesman <laughs> said to Jake Tapper, this is one of the coolest videos that uh, I've seen this week. And uh, he makes a statement that, you know, because he's asking him about these uh, inaccurate statements that Trump is making. And he says, well, you know, I've worked for Mr. Trump for a really long time, and I have never, never seen a situation where Mr. Trump has said something that anything that was inaccurate. And Tapper is sort of half paying attention to his answer, and, and he's about to ask him another question, like a follow-up. <laughs> and then he st- it sinks in to what he just said. He's like, I, 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 are you serious? <laughs> Seriously? That's great. He like, can't even believe he would attempt such a ridiculous yeah. thing. But that's what you do. Oh, we do have the video? Because yeah, okay. this, this oh, is how you yeah. rise to power in the Trump organization. That's great. Yes. Um, uh, we'll yeah, t- by just kissing his butt. Yeah, you just got to be, you got to do the Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah. Every, you 100% know that he's been lying all the time, and you have to go on television and say with a straight face that he's never said anything that's inaccurate. Yeah. I mean, we could obviously give you thousands of things. I mean, and that's not even a bashing uh, on Trump. I mean, he has more than most people, but everyone said something inaccurate. Yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. And he, here's, a, here's a look at that video. The the basic question is this. How do you explain that there's no evidence, no video evidence for what Mr. Trump claims he saw on television? How how do you explain that? I'm not so sure that that's true. And I've worked for Mr. Trump now for a long time. And I do. And I can tell you that Mr. Trump's memory is fantastic. And I've never come across a situation where Mr. Trump has said something that's that's not accurate. There are. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, there is no video of this. Is all I'm saying. That is a great moment. That is awesome. I mean, he, yeah, I mean I, again, I love Jake Tapper, but it, you know, he's 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 just great in that moment because it's just so. I mean, that is such an so honest indignant. moment. Yeah. Come on. I know. You know, he's never seen a situation uh, where he's been in. A, I have. That's good. Actually, hmm. uh, I've seen a couple of situations. Oh, really? I mean, he's he said that 61 percent of our bridges are in trouble. That's uh, it's not even close to being accurate. Okay, uh, he said some of the things. That's Megan, not where I would start with Donald no, Trump. No, but that's I a good one. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's just the beginning. Yep. Uh, some of the things Megyn Kelly said, I didn't say. Actually, every one of her claims in that question checked out. Yes, every mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Illegal immigration wasn't a subject that was on anybody's mind until I brought up brought it up at my announcement. Hmm. Uh, I, I for one talked about it every day when I was in Houston, Texas, on the radio. Because it was such an issue there, uh, almost every day for eight years. It's been a big issue for. I mean, forever. Ever, ever since for I've everybody. been interested in Come politics, on. and we've proven that actually it was a throwaway line for Donald, and then somebody picked up on it a couple of days later, and it was like, then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. We all it was just in a really long true. litany of things he said. It was not the focus of the right. speech by any means. It was a throwaway line yeah. in that speech, and it became his his main deal, yeah. right? Because again, this is a guy who in 2012 said that uh, Mitt Romney was too tough on illegal immigration. He was too harsh, too harsh. He, he was going to chase all the Hispanics out of the party because he's so harsh. That Mitt Romney character. 
2012. He was never a hardcore immigration guy. He's lying three straight out. He's just lying. Years ago. Three years ago. Set his book, The Art of the Deal, number one best-selling business book of all time. No, no. Not even close. No. South Korea doesn't pay the United States for troops that protect the country. Except for the $700 million a year that they pay the U.S. for the troops that we have in the country. But ju- other than that, other than that? Other than that, they don't pay a penny. Okay, good. Other than $700 million, not a penny. Uh, Celebrity Apprentice, number one show on television. No. No. I mean, it was a hit, but it was never for, Yeah, it was a hit for a while. Never a number one. I mean, that's what they call him, Mr. Ratings. Yeah. After endlessly babbling about how rich he is, he's a billionaire. He's $9 billion. He's so rich. He's, he's richer than anybody who's ever run for president. Um, he's going to use his own money. He, he's not asking anybody for a don- He's taking donations uh, to his campaign. He mm-hmm. started an online fundraising campaign. That is almost unbelievable. It is. It is. Uh, he claims as far as single payer, it works in Canada. It works incredibly well. In Scotland, remember that claim? Mm-hmm. I mean, wildly wrong on yeah. on those. Scotland has some of the worst outcomes in all of the developed world. Canada, countries. when you have a serious issue, what do they do? They send you to the United States. Yeah, that's I mean, how bad their healthcare system is. You, the waits are ridiculous, and the healthcare itself isn't horrifically awful. But you have to wait forever to yeah. get to it. I mean, if you um, want to wait nine months to be treated, then I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention, there are some uh, smaller towns that have lotteries to, to allow you to go to the doctor. Jeez. That's how bad that is. And by the way, they, it, wow. th- this is a country that banned until relatively recently, banned private insurance. So even if you had the crappy government one and you, didn't, you had money to pay, you couldn't even acquire it until like, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was early 2000s. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a complete and total disaster. But where this all started was, as I was kind of looking through some of the things, and this doesn't even scratch the surface or begin to talk about the inaccuracies. Well, I mean, uh, can we also Trump. maybe just mention the president was born in the United States of America? Uh, yes. That's another minor one. Right, that's uh, that, a minor one. By the way, what happened to that claim with this guy? Right. He's just oh, that's totally gone. He didn't talk about that. He talked about. We don't talk about it. And now all uh, of a sudden, it doesn't that. matter at all. The Constitution, he was so concerned about back then, no longer <laughs> no, I don't talk about that. Yeah. No, we don't talk about mm-hmm. that. Sorry. Um, so anyway, but I was, I was looking up some of these uh, things and, and checking on uh, some of the things he said. One of the things he said was that Syrian refugees, uh, they're, they're, none of them are Christian. We're not allowing any Christians into the, into the country. Now, PolitiFact called that completely false and said, there's nothing on the books that says that. Well, it might not be on the books, but it is the policy of the administration because they're allowing no Christians in. Right. It's not the Every policy. one it, yeah. of them are Muslims. Right. It's not the policy. It's just what they're doing. Just what they're doing. Right. Like, if right. You, you could say. But that shows the absolute dishonesty of right. the media. Right. Like, if you were to say, uh, you know, um, if you're only eating ice cream and lasagna and pizza every day mm-hmm. uh, you could say uh look there's no policy that restricts salads there's no law i don't have I, a I, law i'm not anti-salad no i'm never going to say uh that i will never eat a salad you just never right. eat salads right i mean that's a, th- those are two different things i mean that's mm-hmm. you know having a written policy a stance on something like that is it written down anywhere that you're uh you're a vegetarian uh, no you will not eat meat <laughs> no is that a law no it's not a law no. i just don't do it Okay. I just makes the choice every day to not do <laughs> right. it, uh, which thing. is what they're doing. They're just it's making the choice every day to not take in any Christians. Right. It's not a stated policy. Jeffy, is there a law that you can't be a good person 
Right. No, there's not written down anywhere, right, where you have pledged, I will not be a good person no I matter do. what. Not to quibble here, but the Satanic Bible does say that Jeffy, uh, well, he mentions okay. Jeffy frequently and does say that he is a terrible <laughs> huh. person. All right, so it is written down yeah. in your case. And, you know, there are <laughs> some people who think that I'm trying to be nice to them. What? That's a different standard than we described. Yeah, that's not exactly what we're talking about here. Mm. But yeah, I mean, now this is, by the way, 132 Christians. Uh, I don't know that maybe there have been a few Christians overall, but this is uh, since I think there's been one. the Paris attacks. So, yeah. I mean, the time you'd think crazy. the ratio would be Absolutely most crazy. leaning Christian, yeah. the number was zero. <laughs> zero. Really? I mean, you'd think, okay, well, look, we're having a bunch of attacks. You know, some of them were actually immigrants, reportedly, from Syria that participated in these attacks. Let's look at this. The uh, number, okay, so 132 Sunni Muslims who are Syrian have been resettled in the U.S. since November 13th. Uh, Of the 132, 72 are men. Uh, The minority are female, 60. Of the 132 total, 39 uh, of them have been have been men between the ages of 14 and 50. That's a good point because they said that number was two percent. Yeah, remember they said it was two percent. It's almost 30 percent. Yep. So 15 wasn't it two or was it five percent? They said. I think it was two. I thought it was two. Yeah. But anyway, it's somewhere between six and 15 times the number they said it was going to be. 40 percent are children. Um, 30 male and 23 female. Uh, since FY20, the fiscal year 2016 began two months ago, 423 Syrian refugees have been admitted. Uh, Here we go. Here's the number. 98.8% Sunni Muslims. The remaining five. There's been five Christians admitted. Out of 423, there are five Christians. I thought it was one. It is actually five. So, <laughs> Unreal. I was wildly wrong mm-hmm. on that. He's, they're five times better than you thought they were. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Is that amazing? It is absolutely freaking amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, three Catholic, one Orthodox, and one simply described as Christian. Holy cow. I mean, we're just asking for trouble. We're just we're begging for trouble. Triple eight seven two seven back more Pat and Stu coming on. Mm. So what we were saying before, Jeffy, is you kind of just don't come in on a, on a daily basis. We're not going to ask you questions. You, you could just, just not come in, and we're, we're not going to call you and say, hey, where were you today? Like, you don't have to feel that. And that's why I was taking it off on a vacation. So I didn't yeah, no, but you should. This is Vacation is a good time for you to come in because we're going to be. Nobody's here. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So. Back, triple eight seven twenty seven. Back is the phone number if you would like to call in and check in and harass Jeffy for his fake injury. Uh, Russia is uh, doing something interesting. They've banned George Soros from their country, or at least his uh, his uh, Open Society Institute. Well, he collapsed their currency once, and I think they'd like the, to avoid that ag- ag- happening again. Just the one time, though, just right? once. Oh, with that country, just once. Well, yeah, he's done it multiple times, but he yes. he, he did it with Russia only the <laughs> one time. Which, I and mean, they'd like it to stay at one. Oh, wow. So they're banning him. From That's the, hateful. 
that's hateful. Uh, is it because he's so Jewish? Great. Is that why? Yeah, not, probably. It's probably anti-Semitic. It probably is. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, he's a wonderful man. Oh you know, my gosh. he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, <sighs> grandfather. Did he help the Nazis round up Jews? Yes, but he. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not going back to that, are we? <laughs> can, we can we just skip that particular period of his life for, I don't know for why. just a day? I, know, I don't know why uh, we well, have to, but... Um, well, I mean, it's true. It is Can, can true. I focus on a different period of time, which I always think is uh, incredibly tragic in global history, mm -hmm. which George Soros was involved in? When the collapse of the Soviet Union happened uh, back in the, in the 90s, uh, there were a lot of people who reacted and tried to figure out. To get, when you have a vacuum of power, people come in and try to set up, you know, whatever. They try to step in and form a nation. Now, the country's turning away from communism. They have this opportunity to potentially embrace capitalism. If they embrace capitalism, what occurs? Uh, it's over. This battle is mm -hmm. over. If the Soviet Union becomes capitalist, a thriving capitalist nation, the battle, the long-standing battle between capitalism and communism is fully over, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's never to be, you know, hopefully never to be brought back because you're going to have the ultimate example of communism defeated and then thriving as a capitalist. Who is the person, who is the, who is the organization that went in there and tried to implement capitalism in Russia? but George Soros and his allies. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, a tragic uh, missed opportunity because at the time uh, you had uh, the Bill Clintons of the world who uh, sat there and, and put their little influence and tried crazy mm -hmm. experiments to try to shock them into, uh, into capitalism and, and did it in a corrupt way that was not really capitalist and did not really embrace free markets. And what happens now? The capitalism didn't really work there. Now Putin gets power back, and now we're back in the same freaking situation uh, with another uh, powerhouse uh, like this. And as much as I obviously can't stand George Soros, um, you know, you can understand Russia being like, hey, you've already collapsed our currency. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's it, you know, it's really a missed opportunity for human freedom around the globe. It is. It is. Uh, can we get uh, real quickly, though, another close-up of uh, George Soros here? Mm -hmm. This this photograph that, that we have of him uh, behind me. Uh, can you just stay on that for a sec? Because uh, I, I think he's turning into Emperor Palpatine. Mm. Uh, does that not bear a strong resemblance to the Emperor in Star Wars? You know, after he's been he's gotten the lightning thing. Mm -hmm. On him from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, no, he deflects right. it back to him, and then he starts to turn into this. Isn't it? This is the early stage of Emperor Palpatine disease, right there. Yeah, and remember, this is an old picture. This is not <laughs> yeah, like this is not recent. This has been around for a long time. Uh, he may very well be wearing the hood. Uh, uh, yes, by now. <laughs> yes, triple eight seven two seven back. Also. Uh, we have some examples, apparently, of why dash cams, Russian dash cams, since we're focused on Russia a little bit here, why they're so necessary. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is something, uh, we, when we started doing Russian dash cams many years ago, one of the things we loved about it was were the fake injuries. Uh, people it kind of started to, there, didn't yeah, it? It's kind of just scam insurance yeah. companies and such. Mm -hmm. uh, watch some examples here. <laughs> wow. What? What was that? 
I don't know what he was doing. run over? Ah. <laughs> 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 the guy runs into the car, which is at a dead stop, and now he's hurt. Oh, good thing he had a dash cam. And this is why they do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, this is why they do it, because they're getting... Just, to somebody and here else. comes another guy doing oh, the same thing. Oh, no, it's the same guy. Oh, that was the same guy? Yeah, well, yeah just a different crap. car. That is amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is how I hurt my shoulder. I mean, I fell. I don't think this is Russia, though, but uh, no. apparently this goes on all over the world. All over the world. <laughs> now he might be actually I joking. I, is he? Is he kidding? He might I just be know. playing. Oh, you know, because <laughs> it actually seemed like the guy actually did hit him in that yeah. particular case very lightly, but. Oh man! Yeah, that That's last great. one looked like the, you know obviously it was the overreaction, but the actual hit yeah. looked real. Yeah, it looked like he actually did kind he of. He was going him a like maybe a mile an hour. Right, and then right. he overreacted a little because um, it didn't look like he was in the position. Because I, I thought maybe his foot got run over, but it, it didn't look like he was in the position for that. <laughs> <I don't think laughs> That's not where the tires are. No, sir. He twisted his ankle real bad. You could tell he hurt real bad. Jeffy, we know you're an insurance scammer. You don't need to defend other insurance scammers. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you another scam oh, that's going on. It's not a scam. You want to hear uh, about another scam? You mean, uh, what, I don't know, maybe a fake shoulder yeah. injury? Is uh, that what you're going to go yeah. to? Sure. Okay, that's, that's another scam. Shoulder injury to, to, you have insurance to uh, right. Dr. Yeah. Jeff Ra Fisher doing the surgery. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and yet another scam is this salt thing. Oh, I, we just you. We just had this freaking thing resolved like mm -hmm. a year ago mm -hmm. where they had this intensive study. I forget how many people were involved, but it was a lot. And they found that uh, salt contributes 0% to heart attack and stroke. Mm -hmm. Like, it has no effect on that stuff. No, I mean... I, High blood pressure, even. They, they thought, it, okay, it raises your blood pressure. No, it doesn't even do that. Long term, right. The, the, when you have some salt, it, it gives you a, a boost in your immediate short-term blood pressure. Like, it increases... Uh, that does not do mm -hmm. that. That's not bad. I mean, you know, you have a cup of coffee that happens. You have a, a soda that happens. You have yeah. chocolate that happens. Uh, you know, increasing your blood flow is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it, the question was initially they mm -hmm. thought, well, this if you do this all the time, maybe long term it has effects. What they found was no, no, it does not. It doesn't. So, it, despite all of that evidence, uh, all of that science. The science deniers in New York City have begun a new nutritional warning this week uh, when chain restaurants uh, have to start putting a special symbol on highly salty dishes. Jeez. Yep, and it's always the chain restaurants. It's, you know, none of the, none of, none of the people, as you notice, these aren't the, the companies that are run by constituents, a, a local restaurant who's a voter in the city. No, they don't have to do it. But Applebee's does. By the way, did I tell you I gave Applebee's four stars for my latest review? Four stars? Wow.
Pat's do. Welcome to it. December 1st already. It's incredible. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. Just 24 shopping days left before Christmas. Everybody, good work. You're welcome. Uh, we, for some reason, love uh, tall towers, tall buildings. <laughs> Tall buildings. We're stories. fascinated by tall building stories. Yeah, we we did a whole segment on potential tall buildings. <laughs> <laughs> no one else buildings has ever done that. that on really, just don't even exist. No, just, they don't even exist. They're fact, just on the planning boards, and sometimes not even planned. They're just thought about. Yeah, like a sixty-two hundred foot <laughs> tower. Right. In fact, we uh, have actually gone to the point of doing a story, uh, a segment, in which most of the buildings were formerly proposed. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's since been, been abandoned. scrapped because yes. they were too big and they couldn't be built. <laughs> and we still do the same. <laughs> that didn't deter us. We are suckers for this sort of stuff. I love it. I don't know why. Uh, Saudi Arabia, okay, we know the, the Burj Tower, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, mm-hmm. is the world's tallest building. It's over 2,700 feet. 2,700 feet. It's two and a half times taller than the uh, Empire State Building in New York City. Uh, Saudi Arabia is proposing to build a 30, I think it's a 3,250-foot tower now? I think it's 3,280. You missed that last 30 feet. Okay, 3,280 feet. Look, it's so so big, it goes into the clouds, apparently. Uh, That's cool. That is really cool. Um, So if this thing can really be built... I'm all about it. I'm going to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, just to look at this. They're saying scheduled for completion in 2020. I, That's right there. Yeah, yeah they, they just secured the funding for it. And they, so they said, okay, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> Those were their exact <laughs> words. Yeah, they, they did make they did refer to Donkey Kong in the announcement. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, Look at that. that. I mean, that's something else. That's pretty cool. That is something else. Yeah, very thin. Oh, there's a very high observation deck, which would be pretty cool. Holy cow. Uh, and, you know, this is one, I mean, wow. Look at that. I mean, it's so tall, you can't even get it in the, uh, in the proposed picture. I mean, this <laughs> isn't even built yet. No. Yeah, it's too big to even <laughs> get the whole thing in. Our, uh, we can't even draw it that big. Oh, we can't even draw it where you see the whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the Jetta Economic Company is apparently... Uh, building this thing, and I, I, I guess they're gonna they're gonna sink the foundation for this thing. Was it 200 feet into the ground? Probably says here somewhere. Um, but they uh, had initially said that they were going to build a building that was uh, 6,000 feet, 6,000 right. feet, almost double what this is. And then they said, "Well, okay, uh, that we can't do that." But we can do pretty easily 3,280 feet. Uh, that, that is one kilometer into the, into the sky. Yeah. And by the way, you want to talk about uh, real estate. You know how they say location, location, location? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the stadium in, was it Dallas was $1.3 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and New York was $1.6 billion. Uh, this tower, which would be the tallest tower ever, uh, $1.23 billion. I, I was really blown away by that price, too. <laughs> it's like, no, like making it out of cardboard? I, I know. I know. But again, I guess if you're building in, what is it, Jeddah City? Um, does it's it a say little, where it is? A little uh, less expensive? Yeah, I guess it's a lot uh, less expensive. Um, now, there are some really tall towers, Pat, that will eventually be made. There are others that I can make a, a, a strong prediction 
that will uh, not actually be made, like the the tallest building in the world. Now, we just told you the tallest building in the world is going to be in Saudi Arabia. Well, this one's going to beat this one, is what they're saying. Um, however, the <laughs> the uh, call me a skeptic. Mm-hmm. When you hear the location, you might uh, agree. Uh, it's happening in Iraq. <laughs> now, Jeez. the idea that you would build the mm-hmm. tallest building in the world in Iraq uh, sounds pretty stupid, first of all. Yeah. Um, you'll notice it's a tad taller than some of the other surrounding buildings. <laughs> Just a tad, though. You can almost—it's almost imperceptible the difference. Yeah. Um, the funny thing too is I don't think any of those other buildings are actually there either. I think it's all part of that complex. If you look at the buildings on the wow. outside, outside of like sort of that uh, webbing that kind of like goes around, it, you see like mm-hmm. that's what the rest of the city probably actually looks like—like like mm-hmm. four or five-story buildings. Um, but it looks pretty cool. Um, it's uh, ABMS or AMBS Arch- Architects. They're calling it the Bride. It is set to arise in uh, Basra, the Basra province, which is where a lot of the oil money is. But still, again, it's also that makes it a big target for terrorism and everything else. Six hundred and four stories tall. Six hundred and four stories. Six hundred. Uh, the it's Empire State Building is a hundred stories. This is six times that. Yeah, that's that not, looks really cool, though. It's yeah. Uh, by the way, it's three thousand wow. seven hundred eighty feet. So remember, the Burj Dubai, the Burj Khalifa is 2,716 feet. Yeah. The building we just told you about in Saudi Arabia would be 3,280 feet. This one would be 3,780 feet no, in cool Iraq. building would look with the ISIS flag flying <laughs> off the top of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really a, cool. Yeah. That's a very good point, sadly. Um, wow. Uh, it, they are saying that it would be better, uh, bigger than even the Saudi Arabia building. Um, they're saying uh, this would preserve the farmland around it. Which, you know, farmland in Iraq is, wow, so fertile. Well, oh, I mean, once you get oh, yeah. it, you got to keep it, or otherwise it goes away. That's, that's what I've I mean. heard. Um, and it does, uh, that does, I guess, happen. Um, but the idea that you're going to need a 3,000-plus foot building in the middle of Basra is, does not sound legitimate to me. That's the one of those things that that one's been proposed. I don't buy that one's coming. Saudi Arabia is stable enough in the Middle East. Yeah. With, they have got the oil money. Yeah. You could see them actually building the tallest building in the world, and, uh, and beating out Dubai, who will then, by the way, build the next tall. If they get beat, <laughs> Dubai will build another tower right next to the you other you got to believe. They will. And apparently, in America, we're out of that business now. We yep. just don't care. We don't care. We're, we're like, hey, yeah, whatever. Okay, we'll be like 33rd in the world uh, in tall buildings. I mean, it used to mean something here. It, it, I mean, it might seem like a, a silly aspiration, but we always had the world's tallest tower. And if somebody built a taller one, we built an, uh, the next taller one. We, we built it taller than what you have. And, uh, I mean, ever since the Empire State Building in 31 or 32, whatever that was completed, uh, we've had the tallest building until, uh, was, it, was it first Kuala Lumpur? That, yeah, Petronas that Towers, one? maybe yeah. beat it first. Um, maybe. Because it was New York and Chicago. Right. You know, it was, it yeah. was, first it was the Empire State Building, then it was the World Trade Center. And then it was the uh, Sears Tower in uh, Chicago. Uh, but we had that for a really long time. And then I think uh, Kuala Lumpur uh, passed us up. And then. And Shanghai had one that was. Uh, Shanghai had a that, big one. And, and then, then Dubai. And then Dubai. And, you know, the Dubai thing, they built it in like three months. It was like, <laughs> it was like a. You know, there's like when you can just bring in labor at any cost and it's really cheap. And you just. Yeah. You know what? You guys are going to work, um, let's see. 24-hour shifts. <laughs> um, you know, stuff gets built pretty quick. Can you imagine 
on the Burge Tower, 2,700 feet up, you're on the top floor. When it's windy, what that feels like. Well, it's always going to be windy. Because yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. And we know what it felt like in those buildings in New York because we were all only on the 34th floor of one. And when it was really windy, you could really feel that thing move. And it's scary. Even though you know it's built that way and it's supposed to do that, uh, it was still a little unnerving. I would imagine at a 2,700-foot tower, uh, that would be really frightening. I wouldn't want to work there. <laughs> wouldn't want to work there. Or I, I, live there. Frankly. I would like to go visit that. I mean, I'd like I, to visit. I, I would like to go. I'd like to see it. I'd way. like to go to the top. Uh, but like that one photo, I remember when the f- thing first opened, you had that one guy that was kind of yeah. standing on the top, holding onto the, the needle time. and looking down like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't uh, want to do that. But uh, Tom Cruise did, of course, a bunch of stunts there in yeah. one of the Mission Impossibles, which was really cool. And but, actually did them. Uh, you know, a, a cool, I don't know if we can maybe pull this up before the end of the show, but there was, uh, there's a great picture of, uh, I think it's Agassi and, uh, Agassi and... Djokovic or one one of those uh, or no it's a uh, Roger Federer um, up playing a tennis match at the top of of the Burj Khalifa twenty seven they have a big really? they actually had a tennis yeah. court they actually do it yeah they actually you, see, you could see him playing twenty seven hundred feet in the air wow. having an actual tennis match I think it was Agassi and Federer but we should, we should get the pictures of that it's incredible to Whoa. watch because I think they just built a tennis court on a helipad yes they did. at the top. Uh, you have the picture? You send it over to them. Yeah, we, maybe we can, do, we can show it before the end of the show. It's just cool to look at. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so there you go. Wow. There's our tall building segment of the day. That was pretty good. <laughs> it, was, it was a solid tall building. As our tall building se- uh, segments have gone, I'm going to rate that number three. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, yeah, we actually have the picture of the tennis uh, match, match now. This is, okay. uh, it's, if, I think it is, is it Federer? I think it's Federer yes, and Agassi? Yeah. Yeah, it is better than Agassi. Uh, and this is in Dubai. Uh, imagine, again, you don't want to hit the ball too long in this particular game because it's, you're probably not going to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's not exactly uh, the direction that, that you want to go. Here, here it is. This is, uh, this is the actual, uh, oh, it's called some of the video. Yeah. <laughs> That's the palm. Um, uh, oh, yeah, that palm thing they man-made did. Man-made islands. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, and it, it seems like really like. And there's very little protecting yeah. you from spilling over the side. Right. Yeah, and it's funny too because if you're playing tennis, oh, you lose. Oh my gosh! I mean, I don't know. Like I've done this before. Like you, you you're playing oh. tennis, and and like the, the fence is close to the edge of the court, and you forget it. You're just running full speed, and all of a sudden you bash you into the side of it. You don't want to go right. too far. Out. You don't want to go too far. I mean, you could. Jeez. Oh yeah, so this is it's not the actual Dubai. It's the uh, is it this? Oh no, that is. Is this the sail one? It's the sail one. It's not the actual yeah. Burj Khalifa. Now they're playing pretty light here. Yeah, you are <laughs> yes, they are. A light. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, that is. They are not going full strength. We're just going to hit this all. back and forth a little, lob it back and forth a little bit. Look at there's very. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. There's, it's just like a. That gives me a sick feeling just watching it. Yeah. Because I mean, you step up. <sighs> oh man! You could look at that. In America, you'd have. Fences eighteen feet high. Right, it would be. It wouldn't even be like you're playing up, you know, yeah. super high. And right. they're right. right being very. The regulations careful. would not allow that in America. Um, it, so it was the sale, the, the sale that hotel or whatever that's shaped like a sail. Blows me away though the safety regulations uh, here as opposed to anywhere else, because they don't care. They have a little railing around there, and it's <laughs> at, at about three feet. 
Yeah. It's your job to not fall over it. You know, stay away from right. it if you don't want to fall over. You go to the Empire State <laughs> Building, and it's like a wall erected in front of you. I yeah. know. It's like a, an 18-foot wall. <laughs> you will not pass here because we are going to protect you and your every move. Look through this hole. You can see another building. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have serious fencing, and you can't. Oh, yeah. Like, and they have stuff at the top to prevent right. you from climbing it <laughs> if you're that stupid that you're going to climb the fence yeah. and try to get over it. You can't do that because it comes this way so that you, you'd have to. I mean, it's, but them, they have just this little bar yeah. that goes around the well, I, I, I was. I went to San Antonio recently, um, you know, for like a weekend, and we were walking around the Riverwalk. And as I'm walking around the Riverwalk, I'm like, I, I can't believe in the United States of America, and believe me, I think this is a good thing, but in the United States of America, there's this little river there, and everyone's mm -hmm. walking right on the side of the little river, and first of all, every place down there is like <laughs> trying to sell you like margaritas right. and everything else, so like everybody's yeah, hammered by the end of the night. Fast, yeah. Like, how is, I, I was walking down like at like two in the morning at one point, and we're walking back to the hotel, and I'm looking down, and I'm like, how is it possible this thing isn't just filled with people that have fallen in? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's crowded, yeah. and there's no railing at all. It's None. just, it's just yeah. you just step right off into the water if you wanted to. Yeah, I was like, I just, I expected it to look like, a, you know, like there was a, a a ship had capsized nearby, and just like people, like all like ah, in the of this river. Uh, no, no one fell in because people are actually smart and and generally don't just fall into rivers. Right. Um, and you know, you, you, it's such a different vibe. I, you know, I've, I've talked about uh, Action Park a bunch of times uh, in the past, and it's my favorite, one of my favorite amusement parks of all time. Back in the day, it's in New Jersey, and it's actually reopened now. Uh, under the name Action Park, finally. Um, nice. I have not been there in quite a long time. But I remember going as a kid and seeing a loop water slide. And I think, like, how amazing that would be today. I mean, it was just a freaking... It wasn't, like, safety tested. They just mm -hmm. designed a loop yeah. water slide. So you'd go down the loop, and you'd go upside down, <laughs> and then you'd come out the other side. There's, like, five pictures of it that exist. And I remember standing there, just standing there on this hill, looking at this thing. You know, you're at an amusement park as a kid. You should be going on rides. And I just remember staring at this thing. I'm like, I can't believe that's there. It, <laughs> how is that thing existing? <laughs> now, it was closed the day I was there, so no one was riding it. It was closed most of the time um, because you know, people were getting stuck in it. They had to build a hatch to let people who couldn't get over Look, they there. said I could fit through it. Yeah, it was, okay. it was a jeffy hatch, essentially. It was the people who couldn't quite make it up the other you side. You're going to be able to make yeah. this? I got it. But, I mean, it's, that's just one example. That whole park was set up, and, like, You'd have you'd go down the rapids. The rapids were here's a bunch of rapids. Here's a raft. Good. See yeah. you later. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's a giant uh, alpine slide <laughs> that you're gonna go 70 miles an hour down. Go as fast as you want With, on a burlap uh, sack. Yeah. And if you then you I mean, you yeah. wanted to get enough speed to fly over a couple of those bumps. Oh yeah, because that that one had distance. the had the alpine slide, so it had the little it was like the little carts with wheels Ooh, on that one. Yes. So but you could get but again you had a brake. So if you wanted to, you could just let the brake go and go down a million miles an hour. I remember going down that thing and flying as a kid. You know, you don't you don't understand how to make those turns. You don't know when to brake as a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm gunning it as fast as I can. I remember falling off of the thing and sliding down. 20 feet of the alpine slide, which is smooth concrete, 
and getting up and looking at my arm, and there was just no hair <laughs> on my arm, and just a giant big scar all the way up my arm. I remember when to use the brake next yeah, time, huh, kid? And that's how you learned. And that's how society mm -hmm. seemed to be for a long time. Now, look, you want to remove as much risk, especially for children, as possible, as they don't understand <laughs> these things. I'm yeah, not saying but. that there's no place for safety restrictions. But, I mean, we've lost that, that idea that you're responsible for you. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, we, we've Definitely. lost the idea that you're supposed to protect what you have, make sure your kids don't get in the middle of these things. You know, it's always based on somebody else is supposed to protect you now. And that's something we've really lost yeah, as a sure society, have. I think. I mean, it really is a... The action park thing to me is a real, a real illustration of, of what we've lost as a society. It was a freaking fun place. And, you know, it did have some bad things that happened there. But it was because you had to take responsibility for yourself. And, unfortunately, uh, the government of New Jersey did not agree. And I got sued many times. <laughs> But I, that's how I what? pictured it. Yeah. Triple so, A. There you go. 727 BECK. More patents do coming up. You know, uh, there's hundreds of historical facts featured in this tremendous uh, family yeah. game that we've been telling you about historical conquest. It's, it's a journey through time, and uh, they use real historical figures and real events. Uh, like, this is all about a certain time period, like right around the uh, Civil War time period. And it. It has uh, these cards which have great information on them that your kids will learn from, like the Baltimore riots when uh, Lincoln declared martial law. And, and you'll find out, you'll be able to discuss these kinds of things and yeah. have a great time. And it, this is a game that the, the designers took to uh, homeschool conventions. And it was a huge hit because the parents who homeschool were like, well, these are phenomenal, yeah. and they're going to learn, I'd and it's fun. I'd imagine if you're homeschooling, you know, there are periods in which you're trying to get your kid interested in learning right. about history. This is a great way to do that because they're going to learn about real history, not the common core nonsense, real freaking history, yeah. and they're going to have fun doing it. I, I, this one it always amazes me every time we do this uh, one of these commercials uh, that the president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis, actually was not on board at all uh, at the beginning with the secession. In fact, he actually resigned uh, after uh, Mississippi secession, but he was not completely supportive of it, wow. which is kind of amazing. I mean, you yeah, think of, if you're going to be the president, you'd be probably pretty supportive, but no. Yeah. Um, and there's lo lots of facts like that all throughout the game. It's uh, really cool to get, and obviously around the holidays is a great time to pick it up. So it'll really bring history to life for you. So go to bringhistorytolife.com. Blaze viewers are going to get an extra 20% uh, discount for Cyber Monday, too, even though it's... It's, it's Tuesday, but it's you know what? Tuesday. I guess they're extending it, which is okay. cool. It's a really fun educational way to spend time with your family and support a great American company, and it makes a great gift. Bring Amer bringhistorytolife.com. Go there right now. Bringhistorytolife.com. Triple eight seven two seven back. Yesterday on was it this morning on radio? Uh, we mentioned the Tim Tebow breakup with his yeah. uh, girlfriend, and she is somewhat. Uh, well, there you there you have it. Uh, she's hmm. not altogether awful to look at, I guess. You I would mean, say is yeah. that Barbara right? McCloskey? <laughs> no, that, I'm no, pretty sure not, it's not Barbara uh, McCloskey. <laughs> it's not Janet Reno. Um, and she's not Hillary Clinton. No, that is definitely not Hillary. Uh, she bears a strong re resemblance to one of the most beautiful women in the world. Hmm. Uh, so, 
Anyway, she and Tebow were apparently going out, and uh, he wasn't putting out, and so she broke up with him. Well, I, I think that's really cool. If he really stuck to his uh, conviction and his values that way, and she was kind of pushing the issue, and he said no, and she got frustrated and left, and he stuck with it yeah. with her? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I mean wow. Superhuman, obviously. He's superhuman, uh, but he's being mocked for it on sports media. Oh, they tore him apart. They're tearing I, him up. I, I will say, I, I, I personally, am, as I kind of mentioned on radio, am skeptical of the story. I don't from think the media. So. Like, yes. It's not to say that I, I don't believe Tim Tebow has uh, convictions. It's just like... How does the media freaking know she left because he wouldn't put out? How do they really? Is she really going around and telling? No, no. Let's people, get her on the air. In fact, let's bring her into the studio and talk to her about point. it. Let's f- let's find out. Let's get to. Let's the, see what she wanted to do yeah. to Tim Tebow. Yeah. Let's and, let's get to the heart we'll, of the matter. I mean, you go so, to one of my sites and I'll show you what she was talking about. No, I don't think we should go I mean, there. Just go to. You know, I'll, give you, I'll give you the pro- address. Everyone can go there and look at it right Your now. websites on the air. You know that. Here's. Yeah, even that one. Here's the way New York Daily News put it. Uh, Tim Tebow still can't find the end zone. His girlfriend, Olivia Culpo, breaks, off, breaks it off over a lack of sex. <laughs> Followed up by this. For once, it's not Tim Tebow who's having trouble scoring. It's his girlfriend. <laughs> I like the way Newsbusters <laughs> broke this down, though, because, because at the risk of being graphic here, the report wasn't that Tebow can't find the end zone. The problem was that Tebow would not enter the end right. zone. <laughs> uh, nor was he having trouble scoring. He chose not to score, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, look, I don't know if I buy, I, I, I frankly don't necessarily buy the story just because the media makes crap up all the time and this feels like one of those times they're doing it. Um, but beyond that, you know, if this is the true story, this is pretty freaking amazing. It is. Uh, you know, uh, all the, the guy, I mean, you got freaking people like Elliot Spitzer and, and you know, name the politicians who have done things uh, that have been uh, questionable over the years um, as, uh, as it relates to women far less uh, attractive uh, than Tim Tebow's girlfriend, um, Monica Lewinsky, comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's like we all are supposedly outraged by those moments, yet when Tim Tebow's like, you know what, I've got principles and I'm going to stick by them and... If this is a true story, you know, yeah. hey, it's a great story. You know, it, I, it should be great. I mean, we certainly wouldn't bash a woman for for saying, you know oh what, my I don't want to have sex. And no, uh, there's uh, the double standard they, right there. You'd bash the guy. Yeah. Now, how Definitely. dare he leave just because she wouldn't put out. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this case, it's like, oh, he wouldn't put out. What a, what a loser. Exactly. You know? I mean, it's like, well, if that's his decision. I mean, good for him. Yeah. I, I, it's amazing. Well, there are reports that they never dated. This was just a... They didn't, weren't even dating at all. Yeah, it, this was just a, you know, it was just a rumor. I, I seriously would love to hear from her and get her comment on you know, what really happened. Were you going out? Did, did this really happen? I mean, could it have happened? Sure. I mean, I remember, yeah. and I talked about it on radio a little bit, but I remember when he was going to the University of Florida in Gainesville. I mean, he didn't go out alone, man, because he, oh, what, people were always trying. Girls were always coming up trying to snap selfies and have pictures taken them taken with them with their tops up and be naked because he made a deal about you know i'm, I'm not playing doing football it. i'm going to college i'm you know i'm not i'm absent i'm not going to have sex until i get married and they were all trying to you know mr heisman trophy winner you know mm-hmm. national championship what a terrible mm-hmm. problem to have just like, college know. girls just I know. You know, doing their like little girls gone wild thing, um, <laughs> trying to take pictures with you, Jeffy. I know you, you, you've well, suffered through. It, it is hard if you're trying to be abstinent. You know, if you're trying <laughs> oh, to abstain, yeah, that, it is. that is a tough <laughs> problem to have. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. And the guy's 28. He's 28 now. 
Yeah, it's not college. A virgin until he's 28. That's hard. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really that's powerful stuff. Hey, When's the last time he said he was a virgin? Him. Do we know? I don't know. No, we don't. Because I think we, don't it's know. one of those things you just kind of yep. assume that he's continuing until we hear yeah. differently. I don't know that he's going to make well, an announcement. They've said Guys, I did it last <laughs> night. Uh, it was great. Wow. Why didn't I do this all this time? That was oh, what a moron. Well, Boy, Olivia uh, was right. I've been doing that a lot, by the way. Uh, it's going to be, wow. Uh, you guys are right on that one. I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I, I think, think he's you're probably right. I mean, like, I, we just all, all kind of assume that he's just he's right. made this pledge, and now mm-hmm. when he gets married, we'll all assume that night is the first night. Now, first of all, I don't know why the hell we care or why why we it's any of our business, but I, I don't think that he would be uh, talking about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, you know, he wouldn't. No, it's no, not. he wouldn't. I mean, after we've made such a big deal out of it, now he's in, yeah, yeah, I succumbed last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie! <laughs> but I will say, no, wow, we're not married. Uh, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, I tried to just make out with her for a while. Uh, pretty soon, I was at third base, and I thought, all right, I, I just can't stop. So we just did, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty guilty today. And uh, I'm gonna be doing color commentary for the game tomorrow on the SEC Network. But yeah, I'm not a virgin anymore. <laughs> 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 that probably won't happen. That's not, I, I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> no one ever talks about that, uh, oddly. Um, I, I guess Justin Bieber did this for a while. Didn't he say he was going to be a virgin for a while? And then, and then I, think, I think that went kind of out of the window. Yeah. About but the I, time there wasn't a public proclamation. Record. Right. No, this is during the... the was when it? He, he was pretty young at yeah. the time. But, I mean, he didn't do a press conference. He got, guys, I got I got some last night. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, questions. Uh, Bill, you know, I think that doesn't happen. No, we just started no. seeing pictures of Justin around a pool with a bunch of people in favor. Uh, I think it's over. Uh, I think it's over. <laughs> that is really what happened. We're just like, ah, you know what? I don't think he's hanging on to that one anymore. Uh, let's just be honest about it. He's got, like, Selena Gomez on his arm. And everyone's like, you know what? Just not happening. Yeah. Uh, more patents, too, coming up in a sec. <laughs> Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, coming up, we're going to have a, a, a clip uh, from Glenn's show. Uh, I guess this was last night. Yes. On um, the fourth turning. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is a book you've been really getting into. Yeah, kind of late because he asked us to read it like ten years ago, yeah, about a year ago yeah. or so. <laughs> and I, I, I just had nothing else to do because I was on a flight and I happened to have it on my iPad, and so I thought, ah, all right. <laughs> that is the level of dedication. It is. Uh, and I, I started true. reading it, though, and it's riveting. It really is. Because you start, especially when you consider the guy wrote this in 1997. Mm-hmm. And he's, he tells you exactly what was going to happen in the mid-2001 to 2010 decade. And, and you start to see all the things that he predicted that pretty well came true and then what he says we're going to go through and how we can get through to the other side in a good way or how it might turn out to be really, really bad and catastrophic. Um, and it's just its a fascinating read. It's right. really good. So I we'll think have that like uh, coming up uh, yeah, here coming in just up. a minute. First of all, the more important things, obviously. Um, 
There's a real controversy going on over uh, Reese's Christmas tree cups. Really? Now, this is obviously, we're talking serious uh, material here. Mm -hmm. uh, the issue is, apparently, they don't look like Christmas trees. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> now, is this like another Starbucks <laughs> uh, problem? Well, <laughs> no, you're, you're right. That it really does not look, like, look a like a Christmas tree. Kind of. I love this tree. Uh, I love you, but this tree looks more like an egg with a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now we have uh, some. We know, obviously, we're going to do some research on this. Let me this see. This is the, me, this is the typical thing. We're not going to just here you go, Jeffy. just take somebody's word for it who tweets. Yeah, uh, we're going to. We don't believe social networks. We're not, you know, Donald Trump retweeting, you know, Alex Jones. No, she's right. Egg with a hernia. Wow, that really does not. There's no ridges on the side or anything. No, you didn't just get a weird one. Oh crap! Oh. I dropped it. Now I'll just get another one. Luckily, we have a whole bag. It does taste like a Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cup, though. I like Mine these. Mine looks like half an egg with it. Right? It does? What's wrong with yours? Let me see. I don't know. It just came out funny. Look at Jeffy's. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Oh. That's weird. Now, you're chewing. Christ, mm -hmm. of that yeah. back. Again, this is not a tree. Uh, we get no, that? it's not. No. It's not a tree. It's Definitely not. not a tree. Now, what I will say about the trees. It's still good, though. Because we wanted to do some science here. Mm. The bark is really good. Yes, it is. It's still good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these things are good. Mm. Oh, the reason I like the trees a lot is because there's just more uh, peanut butter in there than yeah. the typical cup. Like you're, the, the peanut butter yes. to chocolate ratio is better in the trees. Uh, uh, and then like the eggs for... Yeah. Wait. You want to make sure? I'll tell you that chocolate and peanut butter just taste great together. Two great tastes <laughs> that taste great together. Mm. I don't know why these things taste unbelievable today. They're really good. Really good. This is a good batch. <laughs> so you can take the controversy yeah. and just not worry about it, okay? And stick it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. now this, I thought this was interesting. This is, um, got these here, too. Oh these are the um, Reese's mi mi Miniature Cup. And uh, what I thought was interesting about this is we don't have any news story that ties to these at all. <laughs> and yet they still... Gave us a package of them. <laughs> wow. Oh, he's still nice. Mm. All right. But to be able to compare. See if they taste any different in tree form than they do in cup form. Mini cup form. So, <laughs> one guy right. didn't catch it. Yeah. The pass was right there. It was right there. I know it was actually mm. a solid delivery. And as we dine on Reese's, mm -hmm. uh, Reese's. Oh, the trees are. Let's uh, let's show you from BuzzFeed 12 insanely easy Better, right? do-it-yourself Christmas treats that uh, spread some holiday cheer. Uh, here's number one: yummy, licious Santa Santa hat cheesecake bites. Mm. Yummy, yummy, licious. Okay. Okay. No self-respecting person would ever say yummy, licious. <laughs> There's a yogurt well, place called did. Yummy Licious, but that does look yummy, licious. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, then there's reindeer treats, popping with delicious flavor. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of cute. Uh, you've got the uh, pretzel horns there. That's uh, adorable. <laughs> See, like right? this is again, you're doing too much for looks here. What I want mm -hmm. is good taste. Taste good. Yeah, I, I don't, don't care, care if it look doesn't look like a tree. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe if you're doing a big Christmas party, it'd be fun to dress it up like oh, that. Oh yeah, that'd be cute. I don't really I care. care. I don't really care. Uh, these reindeer care. gingerbread cookies. Santa will surely mm. love. Uh, <laughs> right there. Okay. This actually don't look that good. No, nah, it either. doesn't look bad. I mean, it Let looks me nice. One of those trees. And then here's some candy hearts. One of those trees. No, I don't like Please. that either. You, you know what I don't like? I don't like yeah, candy I don't, I got I to test. I don't know if it was 
better than the regular or not. Yeah, I can't You want decide. another tree? Because I yeah. Okay. I can't decide. There you go. By the um, way, on, uh, my, my answer on the, uh, on the uh, not to interrupt your, your mm -hmm. segment here on the food that looks right. good, but yeah, wouldn't necessarily taste good, um, is uh, the, the tree, if you want the peanut butter leaning, you so go tree. Like tree. If you want the chocolate leaning, you go cup. You can see a tree out of that. All right. I think, can you, I guess I think I could bite one into a tree. Yeah, I mean, that's darn near a tree. Let's see. Get a tree out of that. Mm, I'm just going to come. I can't do it. <laughs> They're too small. I need a bigger one. Or at least you can, I don't know what that looks like. Let's just move on. So you're saying about the fourth. We well, might as well pattern. finish up the last 25 <laughs> seconds by watching Pat, you eat. The fourth. Might turn. as well just go ahead and walk us through the watch fourth you. turning. Hey, we're gonna do that coming up here in a second. Mm. Look good. at that peanut butter ratio. Mm. I know. It's incredible. Pat, the peanut butter ratio is impressive. Amazing. On the tree. Amazing. Screw the skeptics. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, uh, you ate most of them. Seven two seven B E C K is Pat and Stu. Is sorry. Stu and Jeffy continue to eat. Well, Jeffy's the one eating. I'm th I'm doing the throwing. Thank you. Okay. Um, last night on the uh, on the big show, uh, Glenn did a, uh, a segment, a, a, an awesome segment on the fourth turning. We used to, I used to mock him, and I I do believe Stu, you joined in a few times. I don't remember that. on the uh, fourth turning stuff. What you got? Oh you got to read fourth turning. It was the same with yeah. um, Garden, uh, of Beasts, uh, Garden, <laughs> Garden of Beasts, Beasts. which again yes. I oh mocked him for, and then read and loved. I mean, yeah, right. that's a great book. And I, I yeah. used, when you just talked about the, our level um, of commitment. Stop but clapping. Jeez. he's going to love, you're, you're going to love this. From the fourth turning, here's uh, Glenn's segment last night. Our life experiences help shape who we become as adults, and they continue to shape us as we grow older. Now, that's how the one individual does it. But it, it, there's also things that happen to us as a collective, and so it goes for the entire generation. And they develop the same way, where a generation is born in the cycle or the season, helps history mold its generational personality. Just like each person passes through phases of life, so does each generation. And they move as a giant social mass through childhood, then young adult, midlife, old age, and they drag their shared personality with them. Great way to understand this is the hippie generation. The hippie generation, they're still dragging that crap with them, okay? If I hear one more thing about Janice frickin' Joplin, I'm going to kill myself. But they drag that stuff with them. Uh, the, the, the greatest generation, they were all the same, yet they had different experiences. It was what shaped them was happening in the world, and then they were like that forever. Generation born into the Great Depression cycle. Talk to them and then talk to somebody who was born in the economic boom of the 1990s and try to get them to understand the lard thing. If you grew up with anybody from the greatest generation, my grandmother used to talk about sandwiches that she used to make with lard all the time and how she saved scraps and, and canning and stuff like that. You get somebody from the 90s to talk to that generation. They, they don't, they don't, it doesn't work. 
It doesn't work. Okay? They're shaped by their experiences. Their personality has a huge effect on how they deal with each phase. Spring, awakening, unraveling, where they were born. Now, Strauss and Howe, they're the authors. They recognize that there are four generational archetypes. There is the prophet, the nomad, the hero, and the artist. And there is a pattern in the different ways these generations follow one another in time. And it really is dependent on what time, what's happening in the world, okay? For instance, the artists. The artists are born during a crisis. Um, the prophets uh, the prophets are born right after the crisis. The mo- nomads, the spiritual awakening, the unraveling is the hero, all right? So let's start with the artist. The artist They are born and they spend their childhood during the difficulty of a great crisis. Their first experience with society is during a time when war or other massive peril boil down everything to their simple nature. Life, death, love, hate, personal sacrifice. Um, It's a time when you have to have public consensus. It's a time when you have to have major institutions that are aggressive. They are needed and they are accepted. So the artist was born and grew up during a crisis. So think of somebody who was born 1929 to 1945, okay? That's who we call them the silent. I'm going to switch this. The the silent generation is the one that we know, okay? They were overprotected by adults, Uh, preoccupied with the crisis, having witnessed the brutality of war at a young age. They become very sensitive young adults in a post-crisis world. They uh, break free here. They start coming to um, midlife here, and they start to break free during the spiritual awakening. The troubles of the crisis of war never leave them. Now, example today is the silent generation, born between 25 and 1942. The nightmare of crisis and war has never left them. The memory has made them quiet, flexible. Think of anybody you know that was born at that time. The silent generation. This is the generation that never seems to get the credit that they deserve. Great way to explain it. If you were born at this time... You fought war in our spring. You were the Korean War veteran. Nobody said anything about the Korean War or the early Vietnam veteran. They never got the credit, ever. The Vietnam veteran never got the credit. These guys did. It's because that was the silent generation. Now, the prophet generation is the boomer. They are born and they spend their time in childhood after the Great War or other crisis, during the high. They're born 1940s, okay, 1950s. They try to recover from the horrors of crisis, and society is, is reveling now in harmony and strong social order. Everything is up. Prophets grow up as the indulged children of the post-crisis era. If you read anything about this generation, the reason why they rebelled so hard in the 1960s is because they, the parents, what these kids did not get from their parents, 
their parents wanted to make it up with these kids, and they wanted to make sure that they had ice cream. If they wanted ice cream, you had ice cream, and you had all the ice cream you wanted. These kids had nothing. So they come, as age, come of age as a narcissistic young crusader, and they eventually begin to awaken here. So these are the hippies. They carry these newfound principles and morals with them, and they finally emerge as the wise elders who end up guiding the younger generations through another historic crisis. Prophet generations, they're now aging up here in the crisis and in the unraveling. And they tend to be remembered for their passion when they are coming of age, and then, hopefully, their principled elder stewardship. This is the boomer generation. I think, just by definition, they seem to be failing on the upper end. The boomers fit this pattern. Born in 43 to 1960, after World War II, coming off the crisis, the nation was on the rise. Parents who lived through the war wanted to give their kids absolutely everything they didn't have. When the 60s came, those lucky pampered children started to turn into young adults. They were tired of the social discipline that had been valued by their parents. Boom, the flower children of the late 1960s and 70s. They lead a spiritual and personal reawakening. They come into midlife as strong individualistic leaders with persuasive distrust of institutions. They have distinct moral codes that have, that have split national consensus into competing value camps. Does any of this sound familiar? This repeats over and over and over again. This is part of the reason why somebody, believe it or not, like Donald Trump, appeals to the boomer generation because they're looking for a strong leader who will give them strong sense of values and Trump gives off the aura of strength and adapts to the value set of those who, whose vote he's trying to win. The boomers are headed into old age just as the crisis is hitting and they are expected to face this threat to our nation by rejecting caution and compromise. Now we get to the nomad generation. The nomad generation is my generation, okay? The nomad generation um, were born and spent their childhood during the spiritual awakening. This was a time of ideal, uh, social ideals and, and spiritual agendas. Uh, we grew up during a time when the, uh, the prophets that came before us spurred on the youth fire attacks against the established institutional order, and we were like, whatever. We grew up as underprotected children during this awakening period. They come, um, they come to age, the Gen Xers, as alienated young adults in a post-awakened world. We turn uh, into pragmatic midlife leaders during historic crisis. When we get to old age... We are the tough post-crisis elders. Here's the example. This, if you're my age, you're a Gen Xer or a, a 13. If you were born in 1961 to 1988 or 84, this is the generation that I'm in. And I know it fits the mold because after, if we're left to our own devices, like we were during our childhood, we became liberty-minded we became um, people who, as we turned into adults, we were hellraisers a little bit. I mean, we just wanted to get it done. As we enter our midlife survivalist uh, period, it, 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 we're very hands-on. We want to get it done. We want to take over. We say, just let us do it ourselves. We're the leaders.
Then you come to the hero generation. The hero generation, these two generations are critical. This one is dying off. This one's about to be born. These two are critical. This generation, they are born uh, and grow up after the spiritual awakening, and they are born during the unraveling. Heroes spend their childhood with overprotective post-awakened parents because we didn't have anybody watching over us because they were the hippies. So we didn't want to leave them alone like we were left alone. These guys wanted to be left alone because these guys hovered over them. So they didn't make the mistakes of their parents, and they left us alone and ignored us. Then what did we do? We became helicopter parents, okay? This generation has to navigate through the crisis period. This is the generation today. Anyone born between um, 1901 and 1924, we refer to them as the greatest generation because of the way, you know, they came together for us here. So some of these guys are still alive through the crisis of World War II. But today's hero generation is the millennial, born between 1982 and 2004. Now, I know that seems hard to comprehend that a bunch of Kim Kardashian, uh, Kim Kardashian obsessed, you know, selfie stick loving hipsters are going to navigate us through the coming storm. But it is true because that's not who they are. That's not who they were born to be. That's that's the label we have given them. But that's not who they are. They are remarkable, especially if history is our guide. They will drop the self obsession and they will get it done. It can seem a little hopeless that the generation that brought us twerking is going to snap out of it. But I want you to think about what this generation did and what this generation did as you.